What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Random Red Shirt. I am your host, Zach, and hosting with me is Chris. What's up, Chris? What's up, Zach? Great to be back. Um, what's up, everyone? Thank you for everyone for listening to us on the interwebs or in the podcast apps. You just made yourself sound old by calling it the interwebs, just so you know. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh it's okay though yes uh thank you everybody for listening we appreciate it we are up over 400 listeners which is fantastic and we do appreciate all your support and listening to the podcast and uh we appreciate you guys coming back into uh part two of our look at the doctor who universe or i guess this is colloquially known as the whoverse and uh, we covered a lot in part one chris yeah we sure did yeah we we did cover a lot we covered like history of the history of the doctor uh, a few different, few different doctors. How we got into the doctors, um, how, how some of the companions and what we like about the companions and some of the Doctor Who tech. So we got, we, and that was just the first episode. There was a lot to cover there. Um, so it was really, really fun, and yeah, has been fun. I, yeah, we could have talked. I mean, I mean, Doctor Who is one of those shows, one of those franchises you could talk forever. Yeah. Right. About the show. So, um, it, it, yeah, there's, there's so much to talk about. And, and obviously we couldn't cover it all uh, in one episode. We probably can't even cover it all in two episodes, but we're going to do our best to give you kind of what we call the wave tops of Doctor Who. So if you've ever been on the fence about watching <laughs> the show, you can maybe decide uh, to jump into the Doctor Who universe like we did randomly one day, because it really was a kind of random for both of us in, in, uh, in retrospect um and, and jump into the universe and uh, enjoy the show and the the, uh, the various shows that we've enjoyed over the time yeah absolutely i like that term wave tops i like that term a lot yeah i use it at work right when you're when you're when you're when you're talking to someone you're giving someone a, a, a you know a speech or a briefing or discussion uh and you're having to talk to a group of people right you might say well we don't want to go too deep into it. we're just going to cover the wave tops right so just the just a little bit just a smidge so i'm going to use that um yeah, go, hey, go for it. It's not my phrase. I stole it, so that's okay. <laughs> uh, but uh, Chris, so before we dive into part two, we got we got to do our 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 need to know for this week. Yeah, we sure do. Yeah, so let, let let's jump into that. And, and and these are the things. These are the four things that we think you need to know as of the time we recorded this, which is September seventeenth. So, Chris, what's the first thing our audience needs to know? Okay. So I was I was looking at on the IMDb site, and I saw that they dropped the Hawkeye trailer uh, from Disney Plus. So that looked pretty cool. That looked cool. It looked kind of funny, um, kind of uh, almost like a family movie. Some interaction between Hawkeye and his family, and some other uh, young up and coming protagonists and superheroes. So if you haven't checked out the Hawkeye trailer, check it out. Uh, I know I'm looking forward to seeing it when it comes out. Uh, I think December that uh, that it'll come out. So just this week, and that was awesome. Yeah, I, I, I yeah. saw the trailer too. It looked really good. It's got a it's got a Christmas theme to it, which is kind of cool. And I think you're right. I think it's like late November. I want to say was when it's supposed to come out. Maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think you're but right. But it, it it yeah, it does. It looks good. Um, you get obviously more background on Hawkeye himself and his family. And uh, like I said, you have that Christmas feel to it so um i definitely think it's it's going to be worth checking out because so far um mm -hmm. from the little bit that i have seen and i as i've made this known before i still have a lot of catching up to do on the marvel shows that have been released like wandavision uh falcon and winter soldier um what if which we probably should take a look at that in the near future yeah on the podcast which is the an animated show that looks at kind of an alternate reality, like what would happen if I have seen, and, and not to spoil really anything too much, but I have seen that, <clears throat> excuse me, they premiered an episode somewhat recently where some of the, the main Avengers like turn into zombies or something like that. So Ooh. that could be interesting, like a crossover with Walking Dead um, or something like that. But, <laughs> but anyway, so, um, you know, some of these shows that have come out, uh recently um that look good that marvel's made and so hawkeye looks like the next one in that in that range there it looks like marvel uh is bringing out hawkeye we get to learn more about him and again being a christmas seems kind of cool it always makes me think of you know uh there's an action movie right that 
that takes place uh, supposed to take place around Christmas time, which we all know that that is, and that's Die Hard. And the debate of whether Die Hard's a Christmas movie or not, you have those Die Hard fans, pun intended, yeah. who do not think it's a Christmas movie. Some who definitely think it's a Christmas movie. And Bruce Willis has come out and said, Die Hard's not a Christmas movie, jokingly. So there's always that debate. But yeah, it, it definitely looks good, for sure. I'm on the... I always It was always a Christmas movie for me. Oh, <clears throat> I'm on that side. Really? Okay. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I, see, it's not one that I watch at Christmas time, so I don't consider it a Christmas movie. I mean, yes, there it, it happens around Christmas time, but does that make it a Christmas movie? Anyways, we could go on a rabbit trail about that. <laughs> so uh, maybe we'll have that in another debate another time. But um, okay, so Chris, the second thing our audience needs to know uh, this week, and that is Walter Koenig just celebrated his 85th birthday. Wow! Last week, birthday. Yeah, this past week, he turned 85. So, you know, we've talked before about how the original series, um, the ones that are left, you know, they're, they're, nobody's getting younger. And yeah. so, you know, obviously it's a real, real treat to, to meet those guys. I know you got to meet Walter Koenig at the convention, um, you know, last month. So I know that was a real treat for you to be able to meet him along with uh, George Takei and, and Walter, uh, Walter, wow, William Shatner, <laughs> not Walter Shatner. I got. Well, I'm gonna combine Walter Koenig and William Shatner. It'd be like that episode of uh, of uh, Voyager where Neelix and Tuvok combine. They call it Tuvix. Tuvix. So what would happen ep- if Walter Koenig and William Shatner had a transporter accident? What would you call him, Walter Shatner or or William Koenig? I like William Koenig. Yeah. Or, or maybe you have to combine the names. I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. uh, what do you like? Like, like. I, I, yeah, I don't know. I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna attempt to make something funny out of that because the audience is just gonna turn the episode off. But anyways, uh, okay, Chris, what is the third thing that our audience needs to know this week? Okay, the third thing we need to know: if you are Netflix subscribers like I am, and you are Star Trek fans like I am, um, Star Trek goes off of Netflix September 30th. So I have been in the middle of trying to make my way through Star Trek Voyager. I'm on the last season, but I'm really cutting it close. I think I'm going to have to have a few like marathon viewing sessions of Star Trek Voyager to to make it through. Um, And I just, you know, watching is, I don't get to watch it until late at night. So my method of watching is I'll watch it and then, then I fall asleep and Day, I'll have to rewind it a little bit to catch up myself on on where it went and then I'll start again and then I'll I'll make it through the episode hey don't don't admit that out loud Chris because if we have Garrett Wong on the podcast from who played Ensign Kim on Voyager we don't want to think that Voyager puts you to sleep or anything oh you're right yes but don't admit that out loud so just scratch that rewind it edit it you know what it no, I'm <laughs> um yeah no it's because and, and I think the reason why is is that um the CBS uh, Paramount are pulling everything Star Trek over to what used to be CBS All Access. Now it's called Paramount Plus, which is their their um, subscription service that they have, right? Right, right. Um, which I don't have. I don't have yet. I've got Netflix. Um, man, so I'm you may. You, you know what, Chris? I mean, uh, you may have to, because how else are you going to watch Picard? eventually and catch up on discovery if you don't have paramount plus see they've got you there so yeah totally yeah it is okay so chris what is the fourth thing our audience needs to know this week i had the pleasure of seeing shang chi uh last weekend yeah was it good because yeah the, the the trailer looks good and it definitely looks like it could be worth watching. I've heard good reviews of it. So what were your thoughts? Without spoiling, obviously. We don't want to do any spoilers yet. It's too new. We'll do spoilers down the road. But what do you think of it so far? What, what did you think of it, I mean? Yeah, I thought it was terrific. It was funny. Uh, there was a lot of martial arts action. More than you expect. It was terrific and fun martial arts action. Um, you know, all, all set in the Marvel Universe. And uh, um, really interesting like father-son relationships and family relationships and i think people need to see it must see so you know see it in the theaters if you can if you're comfortable seeing in the theaters or maybe when it comes out on disney premium plus access uh, check it out then but in the marvel cinematic universe wow it was great i think a must see so 
in the trailer, correct me if I'm wrong. I thought I remember seeing Doctor Strange and and uh, the other like his like helper guy. I can't remember the guy's name off the top of my head. Uh, the character Wong. Yeah, Wong. Yeah, played by Benedict Wong. I should have made. <laughs> I should have. I should have put two and two together. So Wong and Doctor Strange. I thought I saw them in the trailer, right? So they're in the movie. That's not a spoiler, right? Uh, Wong is in. I don't recall seeing Doctor Strange. Oh, I thought I saw. Oh wait, him wait, in... wait. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, He's in the. Chris, you yeah. just saw this movie. How do you forget if Doctor Strange is in the movie or not? Uh, I was trying to remember the parts of it. He's in uh, uh, one of the end credit scenes. Oh, so. oh, he's not in the main movie then. Right, right. But so. wasn't he? Wasn't he in the trailer though? I don't remember that. that yeah, I don't okay. remember the trailer. I guess I, dude, this this is raw. Okay, so for those of you listening, you have to understand we're getting old, and we forget stuff, <laughs> and it happens. I must admit, I go into rooms sometimes and forget why I went in there. Has it ever happened to you, Chris? Because it happens to me every once in a while, and it's kind of frightening. <laughs> well, no, the reason why is because we're both, you know, we're we're both professionals. We've got so much on our minds and so much responsibility. So, so therefore, um, you know, when we walk into a room, we might forget things. So, okay, I was gonna go with I have so much useless knowledge right around in my head that my brain doesn't have any more capacity. But let's go with your answer. I like your answer sounds better. Let's go with that one. Sure. Yes, we're both professionals and we have so much on our mind. Yeah, I like that answer better. Very good. Very good. That's right. You, you. Uh, it, for those of you who have been listening to our podcast either from the beginning or are jumping in, you may have noticed that. Chris brings a certain amount of sophistication to our podcast while I bring a certain amount of superficial, <laughs> you know, jargon and, and stupidity to the podcast. So maybe it's good we balance each other out in that regard. <laughs> Anyways, not that you don't bring anything funny to the podcast, but you clearly are more refined than I am in this. Regard, oh, so. no. Anyways. I was like before I, uh, I wanted to say like I, I, I had a chance to talk with one of our podcast listeners this week and they coined our podcast with an abbreviation so maybe i think that was super um and it was it was my friend jason that coined this and jason if you're out there thank you so much for listening to the podcast but he said he was going to listen to some rrp random red shirt podcast and i thought oh nice yeah it's, it, it also sounds like the name for an rpg game so yes yes i uh, it kind of kind of almost sounds like rpg but that's that's cool the rrp yeah listen to some rrp right there you go yeah. Or, or, or it sounds like an, or we sound like an eighties grunge rock band. One or the other. <laughs> hey, you got the, Hey man, you got that, you got that cassette tape popping RRP. Would you? <laughs> Let's listen to their, Let's listen to their greatest hits. That's right. You know, things like, you know, the songs like Zach face plants and his joke or, you know, whatever, stuff like that, so, <laughs> uh, all sorts of things. But yeah. So, well, Chris, let's continue on in our discussion of Dr. Who. Uh, yeah. Let's jump in now. One of the things that I I think I knew before I jumped into the Doctor Who universe, mm -hmm. and then I learned as I started watching it, is that you know we talked about Hawkeye, and it has kind of a Christmas theme to it, right? And the show seems to be at least in the trailer from what we saw centered around Christmas time. Right. Doctor Who apparently is pretty well known for the Christmas specials they do, right? Famous for the Christmas specials. And when the Christmas specials come out, you know, they are promoting the Christmas specials. And I really think, you know, the Christmas specials are standalone. So it, they don't necessarily tie into the the other episodes for that respective doctor. Um, but they can a little bit. But they're so special. Just very warm, heartwarming, I think. And... Yeah, they're not like the they're not like some of the episodes where they have like these vile villains and they're they can be kind of dark or whatever, right? They're more right. they're more like lighthearted, right? It's more like kind of like you you expect it like a Christmas time. Yeah, yeah, they are, and there's there's a lot of uh, I think emotional in those Christmas specials, and so um, have have you had a chance to see any of them, any of the Christmas specials, or yet, or or what, what's uh, been I... your experience? Yeah, so I think I believe that I I've seen going back because like I said it's, I I put Doctor Who down for a while because I was watching other stuff, but um, I believe I've seen one David Tennant and one Matt Smith Christmas special because I that there is a one Christmas special per series, right? So I think all like all the Doctors who did three series have three Christmas specials, right? Yeah, there's or is so, that wrong? Well, I know that um, they each have at least. 
versatile. So David Tennant has a few. Uh, Matt Smith, I know at least a couple, and and Peter Capaldi, I believe a couple too. Um, and all of them are fantastic. I think. I think so. So if if you haven't seen them all yet, I, it's well worth to go back and and check them out. Yeah. So is there um, when it comes to the Christmas specials, Chris? Is there a particular one or, or a particular couple that really stand out in your mind as yeah. being like the best ones or the best of the best, you know, because I, I know with some Doctor Who fans that I've talked to about Doctor Who, obviously they, they've actually mentioned that the Christmas specials are some of their favorite episodes, period. Yeah, they are. And so that's, that's River. That's, that's River barking yeah, in the background. He, he, he's mentioning his favorite Christmas special as well. Yeah, he sure is. And I'll, I'll I'll mute myself and get get River real quick and be right back. Yeah, no no worries. I mean, this is what happens when you record, right? So, uh, yeah, I mean, um, you know, when I watched Matt Smith because he was the first Doctor that I jumped into mm-hmm. the Doctor Who universe with, mm-hmm. uh, there was I believe, and you'd have to correct me if I'm wrong, Chris. I believe there was uh, a Christmas special from the Matt Smith time where it was set up at the Christmas Carol, right? And I think you had a Scrooge-like character in that, and and it kind of portrayed similar to the Christmas Carol story with Scrooge, right? Yeah, yeah, that that is actually one of my favorite Matt Smith, ep- just plain episodes by, by far, and Christmas episodes for sure. Um, so it, it was, I'm not sure what planet they were on, but it was a Scrooge-like character, and his name was, was Kazran. And, you know, he's, he's owner of this character and it plays out, you know, really like the, the Christmas Carol. And you learn about Kazran's background that he fell in love with a, a beautiful young lady when he was a young man. And, um, you know, they grew very, very close and she loved him. And I believe she had a, a terminal illness. And so he, he froze her and you explore that backstory story through through this Christmas episode and realize that you know Kazrin as a young man, you know he was he was warm and he was a, a good good man himself. But then over the years, he became and started to embody that kind of Scrooge Scrooge character. And the Doctor helps tear away you know all those really rough edges, reveal the the inside of Kazrin, and Kazrin you know he reconnects with the the woman that he loves and and that is the theme of the episode and and at the end even even though i think she still has time um they're able to connect and spend that time together it was such a nice a nice nice uh and warm episode and a sweet episode so yeah for sure and now have you ever found yourself chris watching any doctor who christmas specials around christmas yeah I try to do that too if I can. If I can find them, I'll go, go and watch them around Christmas. Um, yeah, I, 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 I haven't done that, but I think that could actually be kind of cool because then you, yeah, you're in the Christmas spirit and you end up watching something like this. Maybe you pop in Die Hard. Die yep. Hard if you're part of my, my voice is cracked like I'm going through puberty. Good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I guess it's, 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 it's late, later in the evening. So, you know, it's been a long, long week and everything. But, yeah, like, you know, some people pop in Die Hard at Christmas time when they because they think it's a Christmas movie and so forth. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, so um, are there any other Christmas, any other particular Christmas specials that stand out in your mind, ones that you really like? Yeah, I do. There, There's a couple more. There's another Matt Smith one where it's it it revolves around a family from World War II and the father was a B-17 pilot. And the father was lost at war. And it's, you explore that through the episode. Uh, They, Matt Smith um, ends up uh, seeing a a forest that's alive. And there's, there's a story with that and and not a magical forest, but the, the forest and the trees are, are actually like uh, living and talking beings. And you explore that with them. um, And you get to know the, the wife, of the B-17 pilot and then the mother of the children. And at, at the end, they're able to bring that B-17 pilot back home. So they're, they're able to, you know, find that moment in time 
bring him back home. And it's kind of a cir- circular story element because the wife is the one that's actually the beacon for him to follow and, and land safely. Cause I think, uh, you know, there's, there was something wrong. He had no lights or the, the city lights were all out. So it was as the wife as the beacon that he could, he could follow. So kind of a romantic and sweet ending to that episode that, that I really, really enjoyed. Um, very uh, special and emotional. So that was the other Matt Smith one that I, I love. There's a, a really good Peter Capaldi one um, with Clara, with the companion Clara. And they're, they're in the North Pole Station and Santa Claus makes an appearance in the episode. And they don't know it, but they're all in this, this dream kind of uh, uh, this dream world. And all of the people that are in the episode at the North Pole Station, they're not actually physically at the station. They're all in this dream state, but they're brought together. Um, and and at, at the end, um, he, Santa Claus <laughs> comes in and he tries to help and save, save the day al- along with the doctor. And it's it's really nice because this is one of the earlier episodes where this is the interaction between the Peter Capaldi version of the doctor and Clara. And you can see how much he cares about Clara, you know, because Clara started as the companion with the Matt Smith doctor. So they have this, this special moment, you know, at, at the end and Clara is so, so thankful she, you know, she realizes, you know, she's, she's young. It was, they wake up from the dream and then she's got the doctor and she can go with him as, as his companion again. And it reinforces, you know, the bond between, between them both, between Clara and the Peter Capaldi version of, of the doctor. So really cool and cool that Santa Claus is in it and it's at the North pole and then got that North pole station in that dream world. So yeah, I don't. I don't think I've seen that one, but that sounds pretty good. Yeah. Um. I. I, I think that the the Christmas specials that I can remember, because I, I think I've only seen two, is that Christmas Carol one with Matt Smith that you mentioned, and then the David Tennant one. I think it was the Voyage of the Damned or whatever, right? Yes. Um. I remember that one. So uh, otherwise, yeah, I haven't seen you know, but they they sound pretty good. So. There's de- that's definitely a unique, I think, a unique aspect of Doctor Who that they have these specials that it's known for, that they um, every Doctor, I believe, especially in the modern Doctor Who, has had a, a Christmas special. I think I, did Christopher Eccleston have a Christmas special or no? I don't, I don't remember that he did. I mean, maybe, I watched because yeah. I know he only, only did the one series, so right, right. Um, but but yeah, I think it's it's definitely unique, and I think it adds a, a really unique and cool element to the the series that they did for sure. Um, so, you know, besides the Christmas specials, you know, in the last uh, episode of our podcast, when we started talking about Doctor Who, we talked about you know, kind of the overview, like you mentioned, and some of the the different uh, tech of Doctor Who. But, um, you know, there are, uh, and we actually, we even talked about the companions too, a little right. bit, right? Yeah. Um, and who we who were some of our favorite companions and things like that. Um, we talked about the, some notable villains and creatures I know that we liked. Um, I know the, 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 the Daleks and the Cybermen are definitely up there at the top for me for two of the, two of the best ones. I mean, they, they're, they're iconic villain characters in sci-fi franchise, especially the Daleks. They're, they're, they're definitely up there as some of the most iconic villains in science fiction, in my opinion. I have um, one of the, the Dalek pops, the collectible pops. So I've got, Oh, one. do you really? That, the yeah. Funkos? yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I wish they'd do some Doctor Who conventions over here in the U.S. Because it'd be cool to go to one of those. Uh, yeah, or, yeah. Oh, oh, I guess you said they, they, they had one, right? Yeah. Last time. February t- 2022. Next February, they're going to have one in Chicago, I think. Nice. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty neat. Um, <laughs> so we talked about the, the, the some of your favorite Christmas episodes, Chris. Are that, Do you have some favorite episodes from some of the different Doctors, like a couple that you, you really enjoyed? Yeah, I do. Um, I'll start with 
the David Tennant ones. And, and some, you know, these episodes, the really interesting thing about the, the episodes and then Doctor Who, because Doctor Who and the premise is he can go anywhere in time, uh, any place, any situation, and it's just extremely original. When I first started getting into Doctor Who, this was, this was pretty early on. I was watching one of the David Tennant episodes and he was, he was on this planet and the name of the episode is the impossible planet, the Satan pit. And as I started to, to, to watch this, it, he was going down in this pit and the, you know, the episode doesn't reveal that you're, you're meeting Satan, you lead up to that. But I was just immersed and enthralled and going, what is going on? It's like they're talking about the ultimate evil and he's trying to visit Satan and that's what it was. And you have the, I think the name of the aliens are the Ood um, and they're on the, they're on the station too. And I thought just in terms of originality for that, for that episode and exploring the idea, I was, um, I was blown away by that. And that, I think that was one of the episodes that really got me got me in there and to, to watching uh, all of Doctor Who. Some other ones from David Tennant um, that I like, there's, there's one with a, a werewolf and that was, that was pretty cool. They're back, back in, I think, Victorian uh, London and uh, they're experiencing some werewolves and dealing with that. Yeah, that was a great episode. Yeah. I really enjoyed, I really, that, that was almost like a little bit of like Doctor Who goes partial horror type, but it was a good episode. Oh yeah, it was it was horror. It was kind of horror. Like yeah, that was good. Yeah, creepy. There's one called Planet of the Dead uh, that I that I liked a lot. And in this episode, one of the reasons I like it is there's a there's a really good co-star in there, um, and I think her name was Lady D'Souza, and she's a thief, and she does a really good job playing opposite of the Doctor, and they have to work together to get to get off of this planet and to figure out where they're going to go. And they had really good chemistry together. Um, and it was a fun and interesting and mysterious episode. So, so planet of the dead was really good. One of my other favorites from, from David Tennant is called the girl in the fireplace. I think you remember that one. And I think I even talked about it in our very first podcast episode. Yes. Yeah. I remember you mentioned that. I've seen that before. That is a really great episode. Yeah. And I think, I think Madame Pompadour, I think that's her name. I might, yes, Pompadour, Madame, Madame de Pompadour is the name of the girl. And she grows up to be, you know, a young woman and she sees and experiences the doctor because there's some sort of dimensional and time connection through the, the, and the doctor's actually on a ship called Madame de Pompadour. And she, you know, she, I think she falls in love with the, with the doctor throughout her life and he comes in and out um, through the different time periods of life. So I, I, when I saw that one, that was one of the other episodes that really drew me into Dr. Who and thinking, yeah, this is a show that I love that I keep wanting to watch more. Those. So, so those are my, my favorite David Tennant ones for me, but Zach, the ones that you've seen from David Tennant, you know, what are some of your favorite ones? What, what do you like about them? Yeah. So, um, uh, there, there's a lot of great episodes from David, the David Tennant era as Doctor Who, um, which is probably one of the reasons why people like him so much. And he, he tends mm -hmm. to be people's favorite doctor, um, <laughs> not just for the way he plays the doctor, but also for the episodes that he had. I mean, I think because, you know, Chris Rexon only had that one series, but I think David Tennant's Doctor Who really did a good job because David Tennant's Doctor Who, in my opinion, kind of sets the foundation for the modern Doctor Who stuff. Mm -hmm. because a he had three series to do it but b just the way stuff was was written and uh the way he portrayed the character was pretty fantastic um so i you know as we're talking about this uh you know in pre-production before we did the part one of this episode uh, of the doctor who look uh i started jotting down some some uh episodes that i enjoyed and, and for the david tennis stuff you know we talked about how I, i'm a really big fan of the cybermen and the daleks yeah. So Rise of the Cybermen I thought was a great episode because it shows the Cybermen taking over the world 
and people just kind of being like, oh, okay, you know, and then they didn't really have a choice because they've literally invaded the planet, right? And so that was, I, I really enjoyed that episode a lot. It's pretty cool how you see the doctor rushing around trying to save the world from the, from the uh, apocalyptic takeover of the Cybermen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe it was in that episode where he discovers the Cybermen are actually people who have been turned people or creature, you know, humanoids and stuff that have been turned into the Cybermen. I think so. I think that, I think so. I'm trying to remember back, but uh, there was a, a, a unique little spin in that episode, which I thought was pretty good. Um, I like Doomsday a lot because you see the Daleks and the Cybermen, which are also mortal enemies, come head to head on Earth. And there's this big war and David Tennant's Doctor Who is trying to stop the war from happening. Yes. Um, Smith and Jones was a good episode as well. I like that one. Uh, I liked, I, you know, it's kind of, it was a, it's a bit of a weird episode. I mean, a lot of them are, right? <laughs> but yeah. I, for whatever reason, it's, it's one of those quirky episodes I really liked. And that's the episode Gridlock. And it's this episode where David, they, they, they show up on this planet and it's like this, they're, per, there's this perpetual gridlock. Everybody's in these floating vehicles and they're, they oh. literally live out their entire lives in, in gridlock traffic. Yeah, and, that's right. Yeah. And they, and, and he's, he's, he's dropping down from different levels in these different cars. I mean, it's not called there. I guess they're, they're, they're floating vehicles and you'll see people People be born, raised, and die in this tiny, cramped little, like, what looks like a minivan, only it's flying. Yeah. And everybody's stuck in this traffic, this massive traffic jam that goes on for, for what seems like forever. It's a very weird episode, but I, I, it's something about it I really liked. So, Gridlock was good, and then um, I, wrote, I wrote down Blink, and I'm trying, to, I'm trying to think of what about Blink that I really enjoyed, um, because... I obviously looked up um, each episode and, and why I liked it. Um, now, is Blink is Blink one of the ones? Oh, that's the, the one with the Weeping Angels. Yeah, yeah, that's the one with the Weeping Angels. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's okay. Got it now. Yeah, that's why we're done. So that I believe is the first David Tennant episode that introduces the Weeping Angels. Yes, you are right. So that was good, and that, like we talked about before, they're super creepy and super freaky and all that other kind of stuff and um so that was good so th- those are a few of the episodes i, I had that I, that i like and th- there's other ones too obviously i just try to keep it to a couple and again i haven't finished all the david Tennant episodes so there's there's obviously gonna be more that i haven't seen yet so i'll i'll take note of those when i when i watch them but um yeah so and obviously we have our favorite episodes from the matt smith era and then and then i, I haven't i've only seen a, a for like the first four or five from Peter Capaldi's era. So I can't really speak too much to that, but let's take a break, Chris uh, here. Let's get a word from our sponsor anchor.fm. And when we come back, let's take a look at uh, some of our favorite Matt Smith episodes as well as discuss a potential controversy. Maybe, you know, if you're a Dr. Who fan on who the greatest doctor is of all time. Yes. Because that's been up for some debate, I think, among the Whovians, the Doctor Who fans. They're going to debate and say, well, no, you know, there's, thir- there's, there's what? There's, there's 13 Doctors to choose from. So who's the best Doctor? I don't know. That's coming up next on the <laughs> Random Redshirt Podcast. So stay tuned for that. We'll be right back after these messages from our sponsor. All right, we are back on the Random Red Shirt Podcast. And, uh, you know, Chris, we just talked about uh, our, some of our favorite episodes from David Tennant. Now, uh, let's take a look at our favorite episodes from the Matt Smith era, which that's my, that's my man right there, Matt Smith. That's the doctor I got into, mm-hmm. Doctor Who with the 11th Doctor. Uh, and so um, what, what are some of the episodes that stand out for you with uh, Matt Smith? And his fez and, or his fedora and his uh, his um, his bow tie. Yeah, I, Matt Smith is a great doctor. He is a great doctor, and um, that's awesome that you got into Doctor Who with Matt Smith. And I've got a couple episodes that I really like from from Matt Smith. And a standout one that comes to my mind is is one of the the first ones after the companion of the companions of Amy and Rory left and that the name of that episode is the snowman. And that one takes place in Victorian London. 
and Clara, the impossible girl is in that episode. And that one stands out to me because I I think it was just a really, really uh, a neat uh, uh, dynamic for Matt, Matt Smith, because he was grieving. So he was really sad about uh, Amy and Rory being lost. And Clara is the one that helps get him out of that. And, and you see her go through some kind of, uh, you know, the, the doctor's got some ancillary companions that are trying to protect him. Uh, I, I don't remember the, the, their names, but there's, there's the Sontaran. He looks like a, a potato and there's the, and um, a human girl and uh, uh, the, the reptilian lizard uh, lady. And they're trying to protect them and they, they kind of screen Clara and they when they screen her you know they're asking clara for to respond in these these one word answers um and she can only respond in one word and those answers have to be right and clara does it and i thought that was a special episode uh special because we kind of we kind of meet clara we get to know her and we grow closer to clara because she's the one to pull the doctor back out from his own kind of internal grief in his mind. Um, so, so the snowman for me and, and the, you know, I didn't even touch on the antagonists in that episode, but, but it was fun. They did have a, a fun antagonist. I think that was the great intelligence was the antagonist. And, um, so it was, it was fun on how they dealt with that. Uh, so that, that is one of my favorites, Matt Smith's episodes. And then we've got another one of his, I think there was a, is a two-parter called the impossible astronaut and day of the moon and yeah see, those were yeah. those were fan you 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 definitely took those uh, off my list for sure because yeah. I, I i had the same i know you take them on my list but they were on my list too because they those are definitely really really good episodes they're definitely ones that make you think quite a bit mm-hmm. too. yeah they were and i was i was like what is going on right and and because his uh you think he dies, I believe, in, in that episode. And and you're just trying to figure out what is going on in the in, in the entirety of the episode. And they go back to uh, 1969. Um, and you, you figure out what's happening. They somehow bring back in the, the moon landing in the episode. So it was pretty cool. So those are some standout favorite ones for me from, from Matt Smith, which, you know, Matt Smith is a terrific doctor. You are absolutely right. He can pull off the bow tie and the fez, and he's got a terrific personality. Um, yeah, from, for sure. Yeah, yeah. How about how about you? Yeah, I mean, um, because he's my favorite doctor, I probably have, I would say, more episodes on my list of quote unquote favorites from from Matt Smith. Um, so I try to narrow them down to a few. So uh, one of the first ones I put down actually is the 11th hour. That was actually, I believe, Matt Smith's first episode, a full mm-hmm. full episode of him as a doctor after he's reincarnated. Uh, and it, it's just kind of a cool episode because, okay, so he shows up, he's newly reincarnated, right? And then you have this big explosion across time that causes cracks in space-time uh, when the TARDIS explodes. And you come to find out as you meet Amelia Pond, you know, she's a little girl growing up. Right. And doctor yeah. keeps coming back all these years. And for 12 years hidden in her house is this multi-form shape-shifting alien called prisoner zero. And mm-hmm. he's been held by the Atraxi uh, for a, these crimes he committed. And it's, it's a really cool episode. It's like this like worm looking thing with like these like, piranha-like teeth it's kind of goofy looking a little bit but it was your first introduction to matt smith as a doctor and uh, obviously um you know karen gillian as amy pond and so forth and sh- it's just a good episode i don't know i for whatever reason i just like that episode quite a bit yeah. um it's pretty cool but you know doc matt smith's premiere episode um i liked uh victory of the daleks as well this is a kind of a time travel episode where uh, Matt Smith's Doctor Who learns that the Daleks have uh, been have been meeting each other before, uh, like previous incarnations of the Doctor have met the Daleks. I was in the past, mm-hmm. and uh, we come to we we come to meet Winston Churchill, 
and the oh, UK's yeah. battles World War II, and you come to find out that the Daleks have been trying to rebuild their race back in that time period and so forth. And so without getting too much into it, I thought that was kind of a fun episode. And again, you get you get to meet, you know, Winston Churchill and all that, which is kind of cool. Um, I'm surprised you didn't mention the next two episodes, but Time of the Angels. So this is a this is a Matt Smith Weeping Angels episode. Mm-hmm. I think that the Weeping Angels are even creepier in this one than they were in the uh, the Blink episode with David Tennant, and they were creepy in that one. But this episode with the Weeping Angels was incredibly creepy. Uh, and, you know, kind of borderline horror, s- suspense, frightful type of episode um, that when these when they appeared. And then this episode, I'm really surprised you didn't mention on your list, Chris, because I think we've talked about this episode before. And this episode gets me every time I've watched. I've watched it a couple times and it gets me every time. Mm-hmm. And that episode is Vincent and the Doctor with yeah. with Vincent Van Gogh and his his life struggle where you, you know, in in the 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 current time period at which the the episode is taking place you know vincent van gogh obviously a lot of people know him and his famous art artwork and he's got the i believe the star was the starry sky or the starry sky yeah starry sky and the self-portrait there's several other things he's painted that are incredibly i mean most of his stuff is incredibly famous and, and valuable but then, so they 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 go back in time, I guess, and they they meet Vincent Van Gogh and come to find out he's actually really struggling at life, and I believe it it deals with him wanting to take his own life. So yeah. you deal it's 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 a it's a bit of a um, uh, I don't want to say a downer episode, but it's it's a very emotional episode, and I I I've seen quite a few Doctor Who fans quote this as one of their favorite episodes because it's incredibly powerful. And very uh, dramatic, and um, it deals with uh, mental illness a little bit, I think, and with um, the the concept of suicide and these yeah. other things. It's a really, really um, good episode from the perspective of the emotional side of things and the dramatic side. You know, because there's there's several episodes of Doctor Who that are goofy and fun and light, and you know, there's battling aliens and all that kind of stuff. But then there's those episodes that are really emotional and they, uh, you know tugging on your heartstrings and all that stuff and this is definitely one of them i i don't I'm know what lo- your thoughts are on the episode chris but i i really like that episode a lot even though for me it is hard to watch it's a really powerful episode i i'm really glad you brought that one up actually um i i didn't think about it but you're right um dealt with um you know mental health and mental illness and genius and um, and, and the diversity of people. The part of that episode that I think is particularly beautiful, really beautiful, is near the end of it, and they bring the character of Vincent back, uh, Vincent, into his future. So they bring him into yeah, the they future. bring him forward in time, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and you know everyone is looking in the museum they're all looking at his, his pictures because, because the character of Vincent van Gogh, he has no idea that he's the celebrated artist and the doctor. And I think Amy, they, they take him and the doctor, I don't remember who it was, but the doctor asks the museum curator. He asked the curator, please, can you tell us what you think of, uh, of Vincent van Gogh? And, you know, the doctor has Vincent with him, you know, and of course the curator doesn't know who he is. And the curator, um, I forget the name of the actor, but he's a, he's a very well-known actor. He starts talking um, so highly and with much praise about Vincent and essentially that he is one of the greatest artists of all time. I thought he mentioned that, the, the curator mentioned that either he is his favorite or he thinks he's the greatest artist of all time. I think the greatest artist of all time. Yeah, because in Van Gogh's time, his paintings aren't popular, right? Like he's struggling and he doesn't think that anybody, you know, there's no appreciation for his work and blah, blah, blah. And then, like you said, they go forward in time and he's presented obviously with, through the the use of the TARDIS and everything, this opportunity to see what people think of and how celebrated he is. And it, it, he breaks down, doesn't he? Yeah. He breaks down and he cries. And I thought, I thought that was incredible that they did that in that episode. Um, and I thought it was extremely meaningful 
because you could take that to anyone else too, right? So, so anyone that is struggling with mental illness, um, but they're struggling to to try and overcome it or deal with it in their own ways, um, and they're trying to create something and be creative and share things with the world. In their own time, they may not realize how much effect their work can help and affect people downstream. Um, so I thought that was a, a very uh, creative theme and, and, and special thing because it really hit me. I'm really glad you brought that episode um, up in, in the podcast because that, that's, that's a special one. And if people haven't seen it, they, they should definitely see it. Yeah, I think it's a must watch. And I would say, you know, from the episodes that I've seen thus far of Doctor Who, it's, it's easily in the top five best ones. Yeah. And for different reasons than the other ones, like Prisoner Zero and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, to me, and I, I, you know, I'm spending more time on this episode because I think it's so powerful. And it's worth the extra you yeah. know, couple minutes we talk about it. But, you know, I, I think what you also see in the episode is them address the idea of self-worth, right? Like Vincent Van Gogh doesn't feel like he has meaning, you know, his paintings aren't that popular, you know, in the episode and blah, blah, blah. And so he doesn't realize how valuable not only his paintings are, but how valuable people think or how much value they put in him and what they think of him. But it also shows that, you know, people thought a certain way about him. And in reality, he wasn't that way. He was different. And um, so it deals with the idea of self-worth and self-identity and like I said, mental illness and a lot of stuff that's really applicable that people are struggling with today. And it's a really, really powerful episode. And I dare somebody with even a speck of, of emotional intellect to go watch that episode and not tear up or get choked up by it at the very least, because it's a really powerful episode. So that's definitely for me up there um, in the, some of the top episodes uh, for Dr. Who. Um, so Chris, now I haven't seen a whole lot of Peter Capaldi. What I did see, I liked, but yeah. um, I've seen probably the five or first five or six episodes of series. What would have been what series eight, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Which is his first series. So are there, are there any episodes that come to mind for you for, for, from Peter Capaldi's era that you really enjoyed of his? Yeah, there is definitely one that stands out to me. And when Peter Capaldi, be, Peter Capaldi, when he became the doctor, um, you know, it was different, different because it was very different from the Matt Smith um, version of the doctor. Uh, so definitely older, too. Yeah. Old. Yeah. Old, old, older, bolder. Yeah. All all of that. And I was. um not that I didn't want to watch Doctor Who, you know, was appreh- of course you're apprehensive when a new doctor is there. You're, you're a little bit a- apprehensive of how, how it's going to play out. Are you going to like this version of the doctor as much? And Peter Capaldi had actually been in, I believe it was one of David Tennant's episodes. And they make that connection um, a little bit later down the line in one of Peter Capaldi's later episodes because he's trying to figure out where did I get this face? Where did I get this face? And then he realized, cause he's, he's thinking I've seen this face before before. And then he realized I have seen this face before. Um, you know, it was a, it was a, a character. And I, I believe uh, Pompeii or, or Rome that uh, he had saved. And the reason he had chosen that face was to remind him that, you know, he is a helper of people. He's trying to help people. So I thought that was a, that was a nice closing the loop of, of how that doctor ended up selecting and choosing, you know, that, that particular persona. I, so when the episode that I'm going to talk about is called the confession dial. And when I saw that episode that completely um, changed, I don't want to say changed, but reinforced my like and my respect and my, my, my love of Peter Capaldi's version of the doctor. So he, the doctor is trapped in this, this cyclical loop, this confession dial where he's, he's trying to get away from this monster that's chasing him. And there is only one way out that he discovers where he has to 
keep picking it away at this very large it's either uh, a diamond or a glass or, or, or wall it's something i don't remember what it's made of but it's an extremely thick wall and that's the only way that he can get out of this confession dial and you don't understand this because you're leading up you're kind of leading up to this and discovering it throughout the throughout the episode and trying to understand where he is and why he's trapped and what's going on and you see all these skulls in the lake and these bones in the lake and you later you later understand and i'm sorry there's spoilers for this but you later understand that that is that is him that is the doctor and peter capaldi carries this episode all by himself i think he's he's primarily the only the only actor in it and he's carrying this episode and he's doing it with with such emotion and at at and he realized like the only way I can get out is by hitting this wall a little bit every time. And he has to keep dying and then being resurrected and then dying and then being resurrected. And so he can only chip away at this wall, like a little bit at the time. And it takes him billions of years because he's trapped in the confession dial for like, I think a couple billion years. It takes him a couple. Oh, that's billion- nothing. What the heck? That's nothing, <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then, and then he's able to get out and then he's fundamentally changed when, when he gets out there. That sounds so, a little morbid, Chris. It was, <laughs> it a little, but it sounds really good. It's almost like a, other than the dying. Well, actually, no, I guess it is. It sounds very similar in certain way to the episode from Star Trek, the next generation called cause and effect where they're caught in that causality loop mm-hmm. and the enterprise yeah. keeps blowing up because they keep cho- choosing the wrong thing. And then finally they realize the right way to do it and they somehow send a, a message to themselves through the loop or whatever you know the, yeah some kind of weird black magic science or something like that and uh, they're able to get out of it but that's kind of what it sounds like a little bit it's kind of similar to the cause and effect episode yeah yeah it is uh, i think so i think you're right on right there so th- that confession dial episode you know stood out stood out to me incredible um, there's a lot more episodes that are a lighter fare for Peter Capaldi, and then a lot of other episodes with Clara, the companion, that are really fun to watch. And I, I love, I love them all, but the confession dial stood out to me because I saw that and I was like, thinking, "Holy smokes, this, this, you know, this version of the Doctor was just intense, and he carried this episode all by himself." Yeah, I need to, I definitely need to go back and rewatch or not re. I need to go back and watch that episode. I mean, now I have the spoilers because you spoiled it for me, Chris. But <laughs> that's okay. I need to go back and watch that because that sounds like a really powerful episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, now then, I don't I don't think you and I, I I've watched uh, the Jody Whitaker ones or the new ones, and um, you know, I need to go back and rewatch some of those so I get the yeah, better feel. I, I watched the first like three or four right as they came out. And then I, I stopped watching, not necessarily because I thought they were bad. I just, I got busy doing other things. Like I always seem to do with everything. Yeah. And um, I need to go back and definitely and, and watch some of that stuff. I, I, I liked a little bit what I saw. It wasn't my favorite, but yeah, I don't have any favorite episodes from her to, to report on or anything. So. Yeah. Yeah. Now we talked about some of our favorite episodes from those three doctors. Um, Chris. Uh, let me ask you this question. Yeah. Who's the best doctor of all time? And and I'll give you a hint. There's only one right answer. <laughs> There's this. only one right answer. No, I'm just kidding. But honestly, so, you know, people may have their opinions on this. And oh, by the way, if you do have an opinion on who you think the favorite, the best doctors of all time, be sure to head over to our Discord page. You can look us up on Discord, the Random Red Shirt Podcast. That's our name. And uh, leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. We may read, may re- may read it on a future episode. Uh, but yeah, head on over to the Discord page and uh, check it out there and, and leave us a comment what you think of the podcast as well as maybe who you think the best doctor is of all time. So Chris, I will ask you again, who is the best doctor of all time? Yeah, here we go. I have my answer or my, or my version of the answer, my opinion. And I've got the logic to back it up. I'll back it up with uh, some logic there. So I think the, the best doctor of all time um, and my favorite doctor is the David Tennant version of the, doc, the doctor. Wrong, wrong. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. You, you, you wouldn't be the only one who would be, I think a lot of people would agree with you. So, so why, why do you think David Tennant is the best doctor? Yeah, I think, you know, he set an example 
and a standard for the modern day doctor, you know, starting in those those mid 2000 years and moving on. Uh, he definitely uh, started this template and boosted the popularity of of Doctor Who in in the in the 2000s because Doctor Who had taken a had taken a, a break in the I think the, the mid 90s or 1996 and then had come back in the, the early 2000s with Christopher Eccleston. Uh, but then when you had David Tennant come in, yeah, really boosted the popularity and and got the world back into Doctor Who. Some so David Tennant, his version of the Doctor, not only does he battle Satan in in that version of uh in that that episode of the Impossible Planet. He goes head to head against uh, one of the versions of James Bond, Timothy Dalton, uh, played one of the Time Lords. Yeah, not exactly the best Bond. I mean, he's better than okay. He's better than George Lazenby. Only had one Bond movie for a reason, I think. But yeah, definitely not my favorite Bond. That's okay. He's a good actor. I'm nothing against him. Just not the best Bond. Yeah, yeah, understand. I, I love him as James Bond, but yeah. So so I've got that David Tennant persona uh, version of the character. Uh, he goes, you know, head to head against Satan, against James Bond, you know, the uh, one of the Time Lords, um, and set kind of the the modern day like example of the Doctor and helped propel more popularity of of the Doctor um, into what we love today. So. That is mine, Zach. And um, so what do you think, Zach? I, I have an idea, but who do you think is the best doctor of all time? Okay, so I have to preface my answer with this. <laughs> I have not seen the original doctors. I have not seen, I did not see, I haven't seen anything from the first eight doctors. So I can't, so my answer, we're going to go, oh, well, you, then you, you just can't speak to it because you haven't seen all the doctors. You haven't watched all of Doctor Who, you don't. You haven't seen enough Doctor Who to form an opinion and so forth. Um, although, I mean, people argue who the best captain in Star Trek is and they don't see I haven't seen all the shows, so, you mm-hmm. know, whatever. Uh, but uh, when it comes to the best Doctor, I would – so I, I definitely think David Tennant's fantastic. Like, he's a close runner-up for me. I think he's <laughs> really good. I, I, do, I do agree with you. I think he set a standard for the modern Doctor Who stuff. Uh, but – I got to go with Matt Smith, man. <laughs> and now superficially and, 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 you know, humorously, how do you not make him the greatest doctor of all time when he, when he can wear a, a, the fedora or Fez, whatever it's called and a bow tie and pull it off miraculously. Yeah. I just don't know how you go against that. Right. But I, so I, I think because I jumped in with him and I'm very attached to him as a doctor and, and Rory and Amy and, and a lot of the companions he has. Uh, that's probably why I like, I like the direction and the writing they did with the Daleks and the Cybermen and some of the, the characters they introduced with Matt Smith, like Prisoner Zero and things like that. It's probably the reason why um, I, I, I like the quirkiness that he brings to the doctor but as well as even some of the seriousness that he brings, um, you know? And so like for me, right. I mean, I think one of the greatest episodes of, in all of Dr. Who was Vincent, the doctor. And that was in mm-hmm. Matt Smith era. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, so yes, for me, I think Matt Smith's the greatest doctor. Um, people would fight me on that. I'm sure because it's, a, I think it's kind of controversial a little bit, right? I mean, just like any other series that's had numerous, incarnations of a lead character or played you know de- different actors playing a lead character uh you know you're gonna have that right uh right. in star wars they're gonna say well who's the greatest character in star wars or what's the best what's the best movie in star wars there's gonna be a lot of debate on that even though we all know if it's not empire strikes back then they're wrong That's um correct. you know and, and who's the greatest captain of all time in star trek and if it's not picard or, or cisco you're wrong i mean you know so there's these things that there's some debate to, um, but you know, opinions are like belly buttons, right? Everybody has one. And so uh, my opinion is Matt Smith's the best, excuse me. And I'm a little biased again, because I, I, I know that going into it, I, I jumped into 
Doctor Who with him. And so I guess that's kind of why I lean towards uh, Matt Smith. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, Matt Smith is, I mean, he, he played an incredible Doctor version of the Doctor. I mean, yeah. And honestly, if you look at all the doctors they've chosen for as modern doctors, they, they all were pretty good, actually. You know, um, Jodie Whittaker, I thought was pretty good. I was really hesitant about a female doctor and that's nothing against, you know, women. It's just, I've, uh, you know, you've always seen the doctor as a male character and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, it'd be the same thing if they tried to, if they had a woman play a James Bond and just, it wouldn't work. Now Jodie Whittaker has done a fantastic job and I think she's made it work real well, uh, at least from what I've seen. Um, but, uh, you know, it's just, you know, you're not used to it. You gotta get, gotta get used to it. Um, and so for me, uh, each of the, the modern doctors have really brought something unique. Now we, we got Christopher Eccleston for only one series, right? Um, you know, David Tennant, Matt Smith, Peter Capaldi, Jodie Whittaker all got three series. Well, Jodie Whittaker's the 13th series is the last one she's doing, but it'll be her third series. Right. Yeah. So for me, um, I, I've enjoyed each of the 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 uh, the new the newer doctors, and that's all I have to go off of. Uh, you know, a, a pretty good amount. Yeah. So it, it, you could make an argument for any of them. And there's two out there who are going to argue that the one of the original doctors is the best from the, the earlier shows. But uh, you know, to each his own. So kind of like we did with uh, you know with uh, in in the past with uh, Star Wars versus Star Trek, and saying that there's no wrong answer there. I don't know if there's a wrong answer for this either. You're right. I, there's not. Yeah. And one of the the beautiful things about Doctor Who that that you really got into, though, uh, when you were talking was, yeah, each iteration of the Doctor brings this new flavor and you kind new of... New companions, too. Yeah, new companions. It refreshes the, the series. Um, it takes it in different directions, gives you... Uh, things to think about and other things to appreciate and other things to love about the series. Um, and um, that, you know, that's, that's really original. That's, that's something we can all appreciate. Yeah. It's, it, it makes Dr. Who unique, I think. And that's, I think one of the reasons why Dr. Who has continued on all these years is because it's got a unique approach and a lot of unique aspects to it. So that's, that's great. But uh I have really enjoyed um, taking a look at Doctor Who, Chris. Uh, you know, obviously, we just skimmed. We just, I mean, we're talking like the hair on our legs skimmed the surface of the Doctor Who universe. Yeah. And, you know, th- there's what's to say we don't come back down the road in a future season or episode and, and, and revisit a certain aspect of Doctor Who. We certainly can do that. Uh, absolutely. Um, I think that'd be a lot of fun. Me too. Yeah, uh, me too. But it was fun discussing, and, and, you know, I definitely learned some stuff for sure during our discussions about Doctor Who that I didn't know before. So that's that's good that you brought that information in. And hopefully for those of you listening, uh, that you also maybe learned something. Maybe you got this gets you excited, and you're like, yeah, I'm going to go jump into Doctor Who, knowing full well you can jump into the first episode of that first series of a Doctor and, and not worry about missing anything because it kind of refreshes everything, like we said. So jump in with Christopher Eccleston, jump in with David Tennant or Matt Smith or Peter Capaldi or Jodie Whittaker, you're, you know, and, and you'll be, you'll be fine. As long as you start their first episode of their ser- of the, of their first series, then you'll be good. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's pretty cool. Pretty unique way they did that to get people to be able to, to get into the series, um, you know, pretty easily. But uh, Chris coming up on our next episode of the random Richard podcast, we're going to take a look at, wait for it. Pause for dramatic effect. No, I'm just kidding. Um, we're going to look at Starship Troopers, and I'm really excited about that. Uh, you know, when we were at, in Vegas at the Star Trek convention, got a chance to meet Dina Meyer, who played Dizzy from the first Starship Troopers movie, and that was fantastic. Yes. Uh, so I'm really excited to talk about the Star, what we call the Starship Trooper universe, or the Starship Trooper franchise, and, and, and talk about that. Now, yes, the franchise has been out for a long time, there's some rumors of some possible, you know, of it coming back in in uh, a live action form. We don't know what, but stay tuned for that. We got a lot to talk about. It should be a lot of fun. I know, Chris, uh, you've been reading the book, and I'm really excited and interested to hear what you think about the book compared to that first movie they made back in the, uh, I think it was the late 90s, mid, mid yeah. late 90s. Um, 
So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's got a great cast, uh, and it should be a lot of fun to talk about. I am, too. Yeah, I'm looking forward to sharing sharing our Starship Trooper experience with all of our random redshirt folks. Yeah, and I think it's fun to address because especially the first Starship Troopers movies movie, uh, it's a it's can be looked at sometimes and and, and, and misunderstood because of the way they they did it. You mm-hmm. know, there's the cinematography of it, so it'd be really fun to dive in and kind of dissect the the first movie, talk about the other movies and the animated movies in the franchise. And, and talk about the kind of the synopsis of, of what it's about and it should be a lot of fun. So I'm looking really, really looking forward to that next episode coming up uh, in about a week or so. Nice. So yes, thanks as always for, for, for listening, everybody really appreciate it. Uh, be sure to go on uh, to Apple podcasts or Spotify, wherever you listen, give us a thumbs up or a like or a rating or a comment review, whatever you prefer. Uh, let us know how we're doing. Head over to our Facebook page. You can find us the Random Red Shirt Podcast on Facebook. You can also find us on Discord. Be sure to go over there and leave us a comment or a question if you have for us. We'll be trying to answer for you in a future episode. And uh, we look forward to diving into Starship Troopers with you next time. So thanks again. And uh, we will catch you on the next episode of the Random Red Shirt Podcast. Take care, everybody.